Hi, welcome to People. It's been said that the internet exposes the genius of the everyday public. Well, perhaps not in such romantic terms, but this illustrates the aim of this project. To showcase the subtle, original, and life-affirming thoughts and stories of these so-called normal people. This program has no platform, aside from a loose preference for openness, compassion, and humanity. We aim to paint a generally hopeful picture with open-ended conversation among more or less regular people. Hence, on many occasions, we will maintain the anonymity of the civilian guests we have on this podcast, one of which is me. With that, I'm your host, going by the alias Joseph88. This is a podcast for everyone. I hope you enjoy In this episode of People, I have a broad-ranging conversation with a friend and photographer whose openness and emotional intelligence I'm long admired. While we set out expecting to discuss artistic inspiration and ambition in our rapidly changing society, we ended up lingering on a topic too ubiquitous to be as overlooked as it often is, the quarter-life crisis. My guest describes the angst of watching his peers grow further and further away from him in lifestyle and mindset forming a rift that looks increasingly forbidding. Or perhaps it would be more accurate to describe this looming alienation as the formation of an island of the self, the neighbors of whom are pushed beyond the horizon by the acceleration of tech-driven changes in social networks. We wonder whether there is something fundamentally different going on here, or if perhaps this is just another flavor of the age-old lifespan shifts occurring around the closing of our lives' first quarter. I thoroughly enjoyed sitting down with this young man, and I will be sure to have him back on to discuss his photography career and more of his outlook on life. I want to thank him again for his time, and I hope you enjoy this installment of People. be a little um, mentally drained so hopefully it'll hopefully I'll be uh... oh are we doing it no no okay cool no. Um, yeah, yeah hopefully I won't be too drained because um, you know I want to sound sharp and smart for the uh, the audience but at the same yeah um, what is smart how do you sound smart oh man well, I read a lot of, uh, I try to read a lot of theory so I can use a lot of big words that I learned from college. Like, like like film theory and, and photography theory and stuff like that? Some photo theory, some um, just like general critical theory. Um, can you use a word like interlocutionary? Uh, can I tell you what I think that means? Of or relating to conversation? Like we're having right now, right? Is that what it is? Right? Oh, I don't know. Interlocutor is someone who's talking to you, right? Talking with you. You're my interlocutor right now, right? Oh, sweet to see. Did I fuck up that word? No, no. I um, <laughs> The thing is, I was thinking about the word, but I, I don't know the definition. I'm actually... Uh, I don't know. I... Uh, if, um, I think one of the, one of the things I like to... Um, one of the topics of conversation that I, I like with you is uh, when we talk about words, because I think you and I both have an interest in words, despite maybe not being writers or, you know, I don't know. I'm not the most well-read guy, but. Um, yeah. Oh, man. And so I guess we had spoken previously about um, not just being able to you know, know a lot of words, but yeah, when, when to use them, because you might sound dumb, not, not dumb, but it sound out of place to use some crazy diction in, in an environment that's not called for it. And that sounds just as out of place as, I don't know, using. Yeah. I mean, you can words. know, like you can know a very small amount of words and have a good command of the English language or whatever your language is. I had like um, I had a professor back in college who would. I mean, you could hardly read his handwriting, but you knew you killed it when he would write uh, "twainian," meaning you know just perfect word for the occasion. I used "abject" once, which is not a big word, but uh, I was like, "Man, I used 
a simple word in uh, according to him a really a really good placement so I, that, that made me happy nice that's uh you get you, have you gotten like excited about uh the use of any words recently that's how boring we become is we're getting excited about the words <laughs> that we're using. no no it's it's cool um let's see i'm just trying to think of uh I can't think of any words that I'd use off the top of my head, but um, my roommate also wanting to improve her vocabulary got a um, a vocabulary building book from like the thrift store. Good and yeah, but it was funny because each of us knew almost all of the <laughs> words. It was underwhelming. It's like, yeah, if here we are trying to expand our language and it's like i don't know um i mean certainly there were certainly tons of words that we didn't understand but it'd be like reconcile um (laughs) yeah yeah so it's just like it wasn't challenging but so um and so i was questioning her like what's the um definition of non sequitur you know something like that i mean and she you know laughed when i said that she's like of course um but so what my takeaway is i knew most of well so it's it's funny because i can use a lot of words in context but when actually pressed for the meaning of Mm -hmm. it yeah i am kind of clueless yeah and so it's funny like what um what do i actually know just because i can say it and also learned based um because i'd give her the word just for it to be spelled out and she would just do the pronunciation of it and google and i can't pronounce words for shit (laughs) (laughs) i haven't heard you mispronounce a word before i don't think um no so i guess one of the words i think was um sentient and maybe it was the context of like reading reading it and pronouncing it from this dictionary of yeah. sorts um where it was like sentient yeah just trying to um say it sort of would that be phonetically i'm gonna be honest i mean i said i said it that way for probably up until a couple of years ago and then I switched just straight over all the way to sentient. <laughs> and now I just don't use that word anymore. <laughs> so I feel like you're, you're, you're being too hard on yourself. <laughs> you got to pick words that are more, you know, challenging words, um, but not just, you know, curveballs. It's a Trojan horse of a word. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Um, but you know, with with the uh, interest in language, um, I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, I believe it was a Mark Twain quote mm-hmm. that um, a classic, like a classic book, is a book that people think they should read, but no one wants to. Something like that. Like, yeah, because I I feel like I should read, yeah. um, like Moby Dick or something like these. Uh. Uh, yeah uh canonical books that i just have no interest in reading um but no so i was doing that for a while and i wasn't enjoying it because i was just doing things i thought i should be doing um and so now i have this love-hate relationship with the author thomas pension yeah who uh i mean i've only read one of his book and his short stories uh they often exceed 700 to a thousand pages of yeah. the most dense vocabulary um and it's he's like a science fiction author right sort of he'll um he'll go to such great into such great detail about um the science aspect of his writing um so he could talk at length for chapters on like you know an f-135 airplane if he so chose um or entropy as the second thermodynamic law, or like law and thermodynamics, um, 
to and and to such a degree of specificity that it's like oh wow he was you know a scientist but no like yet he just researched it for that part of the book but really he loses a lot of like it seems like he loses a lot of author, uh, readers because they get lost on the technical things even though it's not a part of the story itself or it doesn't it doesn't take away from the plot he's just going on these like scientific tangents yeah and what if you are a scientifically literate reader and you're just bored by those chapters <laughs> <laughs> he's just alienating two audiences at once and he has become uh, a writer of classics because no one on either side of that aisle wants to read the fucking book. <laughs> yeah. So his writing is so dense and technical, I'd say. And then his characters are named Meatball Mulligan. Awesome. Or, um, uh, what were some others? No, no, his stuff is just so zany and off the wall. Mm-hmm. It, I, I love it. I've got a soft spot for it. But I don't know if I love it because I enjoy the reading, which I think I do, or I enjoy being able to read books that I see as being very prestigious. Mm-hmm. So my... Yeah. yeah. This is a difficult topic, and it's it's interesting you bring it up because I remember it was a few years ago, my a friend, a mutual friend of ours quoted you. Um, so my dad has thousands of books and he's always reading and um i was telling him at the time i was reading um uh, my struggle by uh carlo nosgaard i think that i'm mispronouncing his name but i was you know maybe 75 percent into it and i just got so bored because i'm maybe i'm just a basic guy but i didn't want to i didn't want to read it anymore it's too much description it was it's not enough plot for me. I wasn't feeling excited. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, throw it out. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, you're hindering yourself from reading other books. By, by I know you, you feel obliged to finish this book. So you're just going to keep it on your bookshelf and you're not going to be interested. You're not going to follow your interests. And then uh, that's when you were quoted. Uh, our friend said, you said to not really feel too pressured to do something um, when you're not feeling up to the task when you're not feeling inspired because you're just going to waste your time and it was somehow the way that you at least the way that that quote was presented to me really resonated and changed the stuff that I was reading probably uh, maybe like four or five years ago when did did you come up with that idea so um, to provide a little bit of um, background um, yeah I had grew up with a very um new age mom as we were talking about before and something we always I'd always grown up with which is basically you know follow what seems most enjoyable and so it's really it's heartwarming to know that that had that impact on you um it really is <laughs> but I'm at this um this turning point if you will that I feel like I have a hard time committing or following through with things that don't immediately capture my interest because I was never, it was always, you know, do whatever you want, never work through adversity, work through um, the unenjoyable experiences of something to for the sake of completion. So now I'm at the... I um I guess I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to find merit and um and just seeing something through to the end just to experience um for the sake of it um for the sake of of completion because that was something I think I never really experienced as a kid because um yeah I was the first person to drop out of band in uh, middle school because I wasn't enjoying it and now I regret not having um knowing having any musical ta- um understanding so yeah it's it, it's 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 a funny time to be saying that so it's I'm I'm having to um is it a, an idiom yeah <laughs> uh the I've got my a sock in my mouth. A sock. There's a yeah. foot in my mouth. Yeah. Is that is it? You have a, a socked foot in your mouth. 
Uh, is there a figure of speech that's yeah, like that? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to take my, you know, I've just put my foot in my mouth with that one. Yeah, okay. And like sweet. you just said some you know, weird bomb in there, messed it up. No, but you're absolutely right. Um, it's, <laughs> you're absolutely, it's just, we're, we're constantly swerving around and you, you have to be self-aware enough to know to which extreme you've gone and which voice or influence you need to steer you back to where you want to be. I mean, if, if long-term goal realization is what you're working on, then uh, maybe discipline and uh, following things through when you hate them is, is good. It makes sense. So I guess I will say with that background, it's nice because now I feel I can, I think oftentimes what my mom was trying to avoid was sticking with something that I absolutely hated that made me miserable. Like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. with, for instance, the book that would then turn me away from other experiences and to know that, you know, I can follow the things that I enjoy. I'm permitted to do what feels best and, and listen to my intuition. Um, and because oftentimes, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know your experience. I don't want to speak for you, but like having grown up where the stakes are very high for kids, there's a lot of pressure put on them by their parents to Mm -hmm. succeed that it's incredibly stressful. And they often, you can see it develop in adults that have these resentments because they were never sort of, or they they had to do it out of fear. It was completed, not because they wanted to complete Mm -hmm. something, but because of the severity of the consequences if they didn't they would yeah. be shunned by their friends their family yeah. or worse and so now i'm fortunate in that because there, there's there's often a lot of fear associated with things like that like be it studying um i think there's a lot of merit in studying however if it's something that becomes an, an actual hindrance um not just for the sake of learning a thing but for out of if you're studying out of fear of the consequences um if your parents found out you know you got a C or something that they, it, it's not doing it for the sake of learning so now it's nice to i want to learn discipline for the sake of learning discipline not from a point of fear and insecurity it's just oh wow this is a character trait i see as a positive thing and i want to you know foster that within myself mm-hmm. so it's just still following what seems to be the best route for myself and right now that seems to um Im- improve my you know personal rituals mm-hmm. of um of reading books that I don't like that I want to complete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, I they're, the <clears throat> it's tough because there are authentic ways of approaching something, and there are there are always uh, inauthentic reasons to do anything, and it's part of growing up. One one thing that I was thinking about with uh, your mom's message is that, of course, that's a great message to send to a kid I mean um, explore try all of these things because if you really are just too disciplined to doing the thing that isn't you you're likely to be a 25 year old uh, alcoholic on Wall Street just crashing and burning and well hell I mean maybe that's fine maybe you'll go and start a nonprofit or become a school teacher and you'll you'll ultimately find something that's satisfying right but with that person I'm really going on a rant here but I mean that person's life story is um, kind of one of overcorrection and that that they were they were set on the wrong track initially and then they overcorrected and then somehow they they found balance that way but maybe I guess what I would want is to have a little bit more intentionality and 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 just self-awareness so I'm not going astray too often so you just have to know yourself Exactly, and that's one thing that, um, yeah, and that's, it's, it's interesting because, um, yeah, I had a difficult phone call with my mom where it was, uh, 
funny yeah the only word that comes to mind is accost because <laughs> you're like such an inappropriate word because i wasn't accosting her yeah but here i am just wanting to use big words um just call, calling her out where um by having the freedom to essentially do whatever it was that i wanted and and that my actions would have their own consequences and that would be what i would learn from and that would be the um incentive to guide my future mm-hmm. actions I didn't have the wherewithal um, to avoid or mitigate things that would become future problems because I was just following this, you know, hedonistic, what's the next thing I want to do? And obviously to any teenager, you know, that's, that doesn't involve going to school. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I mean, I skipped so much class. And um, I like to think, you know, I mean, and it'd be one thing if I did interesting things Mm -hmm. with my time, if I were exploring or, you know, doing something worthwhile in its place, if I were so fixated with the passion if i just played music the entire time or it's like i can't yeah. go to school because i have so much to express that's flowing out i mean i just have to do all of this this is great now i just uh sat around and did nothing and um and so the funny thing is is the idea being the consequences will be inevitable and i have this this childhood programming of not going to school but i turned out all right so here i am trying to look for you know career-oriented work and it's I'm, i've been having a hard time stepping up to the plate mm-hmm. because and not not that i'm incapable but i would my qualm with my mom was i wish that i had a history a, a momentum built in of following through of being able to rise to the occasion and you know, look for the jobs or like know with confidence that I'd be able to show up to work every single day because I ne- like, I'd slept in so much. And so now like just not, I, I never felt confident in my abilities to operate on the same level as everyone else like it wasn't it wasn't a problem of competence it was just a uh i I assumed the role of a fuck up and i Mm -hmm. fucked up a lot of a lot of uh, my experience in high school and stuff which is fortunate that i got out oh sorry i (laughs) didn't mean to get on such a uh, no personal no 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 i mean i i think Um, yeah it's relevant I hope so. <laughs> Everything is whatever. We're uh-huh. just we're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I don't know. That always creeps. I'm, yeah. It's interesting how our our childhood experiences play into our everyday yeah. decision making, and um, yeah. Because I thought it was normal to just get high all the time and go to shows and sneak out and you know have fake IDs and stuff like that. Because that's who I was associating yeah. the people. Yeah. I was associating with all did that so that was the default and so now i'm seeing people that have nice jobs dress well are getting married are having kids intentionally (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and that never did any of that but are turning like doing just fine because their default was it was it was stable it was on the right path it was on the up and up exactly and and it feel i'm trying to join them so to speak like with you know stable work and a nice Uh job living in a nice place and i feel so uncomfortable wearing night well i i'd feel uncomfortable if i drove a nice car because that uh 
that feels so foreign because I was always such like a everything I did I just like fucked things up yeah yeah it's crazy I don't know it's it's an aesthetic it's this full get up now to to make it a bit light I, I don't know if this is this could either be a really good or a really bad thing to share with you a really bad uh good or bad perspective to share with you at this time where you're 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 sorting this stuff out i mean i would say i'm coming from a very similar position uh background wise i think our trajectories overlap in a lot of ways i had a lot of independence as a kid i didn't get pressure i was uh given the liberty to quit uh but still uh I would say fortunately I remember I was I was hanging around uh, I was skateboarding and hanging around kind of the punks or what, whatever you would call them I don't know uh, and and then I got an injury and then I wasn't supported through that I my friends were making fun of me for getting hurt and uh, through I guess getting pissed off at them even though being a really insecure kid just getting pissed off just was just enough of an impetus to introduce me to a group of friends who were who were more supportive and who were interested in maybe who were still a little bit off the wall and, and alternative but who were interested in maybe getting their life a little bit together and um, and to fast forward probably over a decade I mean I have had good jobs and one of the things I would say about everything that you're describing uh, the good job the stability the house that's I don't think it's something to be taken too seriously because I look at it as it really is. It's just the surface and I'm not really interested in, at least for me, I mean, what I find interesting about people is not what they're up to um, necessarily between the hours of nine to five. I know it sounds awful, but I often don't want to hear about people's uh, passion projects. I, I just want to get to know them as a person and then maybe we can delve into that. But uh, yeah, I just think that the career and the, the, the stability, it's all just an illusion. And maybe if you take it a little bit less seriously, then you realize that it's something that at the other, at the other side of it, which you'll be probably in a year or two, and then you'll just be like, yeah, I'll just integrate that within <laughs> the rest of me. And I'll still be this guy who wears paint stained clothes and has interesting projects on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, oh, totally, if yeah. that's a good outcome for you. Yeah, yeah that, would, that would certainly be ideal because it definitely seems like this either or where um, if I get a job where I you know, work incredibly long hours or something like with a background in manual labor, when I do, which has I've had wildly inconsistent hours, but um, after the commute and every, um, to and from work, after I eat dinner or a shower and I eat dinner, I get like 45 minutes, an hour of free time. And then I'm too tired to do anything else. So I go back to bed. And so, and it's this, this cycle, um, which I guess everyone, most, most working people deal with. Um, and then you get, you know, two days off and then you're tired you're hungover is what you are if you're me i don't know you're sober right yeah so, yeah but um lucky. still i don't i don't need the drink to be fucking wake up with headaches and <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm exactly. just like yeah achy i don't want to do anything and so then you know my time off where that's my only time to do anything it's the only time i want to do not like i don't know This is a brief musical interlude you're likely to skip through. This is a brief musical interlude you're likely to skip through. This is a brief musical interlude you're likely to skip through. This is a brief musical interlude. You're likely to skip through. 
working at the thing is I, I understand that uh, we're definitely coming to each other at a time when we're both working it's a it's a very strange period of your life uh, pretty you could use the term quarter life crisis I always feel like I'm too old to be using a term like that but I'm like well look at the declining life expectancy of this country like, no no we're in like well into the high 30s at this point but whatever uh, it's uh, just to bookend what you're talking about with influences we're talking about outside influences and uh it's you're just at the point where you've lived enough life to take a look at where you are and to try to understand how did i get here because i know that i'm not happy exactly where i am and i want to change it so in order to change it i need to take an inventory of how i got here so maybe i can change things that i wasn't smart enough to change back then but because when you're you're growing up and you're you're going to school and you're you're getting your 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 shit together it's very um things are just happening everything's just happening at once and i i guess i look at my background and it looks so similar to yours that uh it it makes you wonder well you know why why aren't we the same exact person yeah it was just so weird like that one little injury that i was mentioning earlier was enough to um make me choose a a very boring path that I have since hopped off and, and, and see the whole thing as a game now. And maybe five years from now, you'll see me strung out and, uh, and, uh, needing, needing, uh, stable, uh, gainful employment. We'll see how that works. Well, I certainly hope not. It's, uh... it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's learning, <laughs> but does just like, okay. So you're, we're talking about working these hours, obviously not having, Having this uh, stable life that you're talking about definitely sounds a lot. Sounds like a lot less free time than than your current lifestyle. So, does one thing I'm wondering is, do you think that creative work offers an out where you can have a healthy lifestyle? Um, seldom, very very rare. Um, very rare opportunity because so often the uh, trajectory would become a professor at a research university where they encourage you to maintain um, an artistic practice however professors especially um, in art schools are severely underpaid and overworked like overworked in the sense like there are definitely a lot of um hours that you know off the clock that are involved um drinking cocktails and going to potlucks (laughs) 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 i idealize that lifestyle way too much so you have to Uh, (laughs) i got you got you um i don't know i mean just grading papers dealing with students texting them at 11 p.m that they're freaking out with their problems and oh art art school is different Forgot you went to yeah. So have you thought about uh, working as a what would you say as a professor at an art school? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I I love the idea of it. Um, I also like the idea of doing that while being um, independently, uh, or like financially being financially independent, um, so that. I mean, how the fuck would that work? But um, no, I think I think you'd get paid enough if you just want to live uh, frugally. Uh, I mean, how much it, do you need? it's it's certainly relative. I mean, because the uh, what they do with there's so few tenure track positions, and there's so many adjuncts that make less than minimum wage. Oh wow! Um, and so it's such a highly competitive um, field, actually. Um, so then you get in, you do all of this work to get in, and then you get paid shit. Um, and it's funny, because it's not funny. It's actually quite sad that when I was in school, I would, um, I'd always um, invest into myself within my time in art school. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd prioritize that over, you know, um, I guess some financial well-being and mm-hmm. I think there was some an, like animosity with peers because I was I was doing more I was spending 
investing more of myself into this um, than some of them were uh, some of the more affluent students or some of the more non-affluent students oh non-affluent they're they're art students they just don't one just something I'm wondering is um, when you think about it's 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 crazy when you think about the cost of doing this work. I mean, I, I you you have to speak to the details of of photography, but this expensive equipment and then the the potential payoff is um, so relatively low. So you're spending all this money on equipment. How could you ever possibly? I guess there are two tracks. I get as as we're talking about that you could go out on your own, and I guess there. Are many entrepreneurial opportunities for photographers but very hard to do and or you could have the stability of the university rent their equipment or their college or uh, academic institution rent their equipment and uh get paid next to nothing so what do you think is the higher expected value (laughs) (laughs) um certainly the um academic route i think uh offers a lot more security at, at that um i like the idea of being a working artist however that is highly improbable um and i will never sacrifice you know actual financial well-being um for it so you know there, there's no there's no real way to go out on your own and just focus on art i mean everyone has to be incredibly multifaceted with their approach. Um, there are high-profile artists that t- are adjuncts at three or four different schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so their commute is outrageous. They're balancing all of these different things. They have their um, own career to worry about. And so everyone, you know, there's you can't just find a gallery... Um, or get, you know, representation and have that take care of things. You have, even if you have that, then you have, you know, you're teaching and then you have, um, speaking engagements are a lot of that portfolio reviews, just being involved in various other capacities. So it's, um, essentially all freelance at that, um, or none of it's consistent. None of it's to be expected. Um, you're scrounging together a career. Exactly. Yeah. If you're if, if that. your work is up to snuff and you're yeah. you know I mean, you if you're the one in a million, yeah. that's that's like the best odds. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like such as it's, it's like an amazingly tough life. <laughs> I was I was thinking like, I was reading this. Um, I don't remember because I get uh, artists mixed up, but I, it might have been Philip Glass who was recognized uh, fixing the sink of of a fan of his he's a a a plumber and i i could be getting that that composer wrong so don't quote me on it but and the article was just explaining how his job as a plumber actually inspired him creatively and it was not uh oppositional to his actual work because you know that's a good job you get paid a lot of money or you get paid enough to uh, if somehow you can't be drained creatively by the manual labor. And uh, and that's exactly what it is for me. Um, I'm not a plumber, but I've worked as a plumber. And, um, <laughs> and it's, it's enjoyable work. I, I like the problem solving. Um, however, it's also incredibly stressful. Right. Like maybe I'm just not a good plumber and I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of that, but, um, when things go wrong, it's fucking disastrous. The, the stress involved with being responsible for someone's house mm-hmm. gets to me. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a lack of confidence, um, where my thing is, yeah, like I don't mind working with my hands and doing physical labor. I, it's, um, I guess my mental faculties that I don't want to drain so that when I go home, I can 
you know, be with my thoughts and not just want to drown everything out. And, you know, just when I go home so often, I just don't want to think about anything. So I just go on the infinite scroll of Facebook, YouTube, um, Reddit, Instagram. I just, so then that like the 45 minutes hour that I do have, I spend, um, doing that. More often than not, so. I feel like, yeah. But I, I, I'm actually really kind of inspired by the idea of, um, like, I'd love to hear more, because um, I'm not big, and I don't know many composers, but I know Philip Glass, so, like, that's, if if that is him, that's, like, a, just a cool story. Yeah, I mean, um, it is a cool composer, whoever it was, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is, I think there is work out there that isn't that i think there is work out there that can be complementary to you that's tolerable i think the problem is just finding that like i've worked in software and i wanted to do creative work on the um, um outside of work and killed me because it was taking up all of my mental energy doing these repetitive cognitive tasks that made me feel like when I left that I had some sort of dementia or amnesia for getting what I was going to say in conversation. Oh uh, I mean, but this is, I think this is fairly common among people who have that type of work, staring at a screen and building things uh, with a keyboard and things like that. So I, I, I've, I've wondered whether more physical work, which I've just gotten a small taste of, wouldn't be a better fit for me whereas i'm sure there are a lot of people maybe there are a lot of people who are inspired by more technical virtual work that maybe that's less of a mental load and you'd be able to explore your creative uh, passions outside yeah it it is interesting and it's um and i guess in trying to branch out and start exploring some other possibilities like it it's weird to feel like a good job is a viable option like is is a viable thing Mm. um because i don't know if it's like just a low self-esteem where it's just like why would they hire me i'm not up to par um and so then i'm doing all of my job searches and they're all for like fucking poor hard labor jobs which i mean it's it's good honest work um and you know, unfortunately, not. I'm not in a position. You know, I'm 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 still working right now. So it's like if if I were out of work and I needed something, I would you know certainly, um, take whatever I could get. But I'm right now in this position where I can sort of take the time to look for something, and it feels weird. It feels like good jobs are just not like are are so far above me. Um, it's not true. I mean, the the problem is. I, I think it's a lot of it's generational though, um, because we there are a couple of fields I feel, uh, you know maybe there is I'm just gonna do a small list of of my peer group that I've noticed have jobs now. Okay. There's obviously there's technical work. There's people who work in software adjacent to it, and that's like the low hanging fruit where there's still lots of people hiring. Crazy uh, aberration that's probably gonna go away soon. Then. Really? Oh, I mean, nothing lasts forever. Then people in the medical field, uh, there's always jobs there. And then what else? I mean, you have people in business who have some, maybe they have a MBA or what do you call it? BA. Uh, They're in business. They're making PowerPoints. I don't know what they do. Accounting, (laughs) stuff like that. But otherwise, then you have all this, this other like kind of, to me almost bullshit degree like uh, oh i majored in public health and um, well i don't know i I know a lot of people like that who have sort of relevant interesting degrees but they're not able to translate it because this economy it's almost like it's you have to have some secret knowledge to get by and uh, it's just not as easy as it used to be you hear about people in our parents generation who just kind of uh, dropped out of college 10 times and then became executives at fortune 500 companies while drunk and like you can still <laughs> smell the liquor on their breath <laughs> like, yeah. somehow we're in somehow like the, yeah. there's like no trash cans on fire outside somehow yeah. like it works 
Yeah. Oh man. It's hard for us. It's hard. It is. It's hard. I know of a couple people that come to mind like that where it's, I mean, great for them. How, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm just, yeah, very much at this. I don't want to call it, you know, I'm not going to say that. Um, you're pissed off. What? No, go on. Oh, no, I just, I I hate to use the word existential crisis. <laughs> I'm having an existential quarter crisis. Life. Yeah, quarter, quarter life. life crisis. I'm having a quarter life crisis, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it, but it's a, it's a good one because it's, um, I like the idea of what you were saying about taking inventory. Like that, that seems cool. Like I'm just re reassessing and trying to go from there. Um, it's just hard to, trust what seems to be the best route of action um but you know it's also there's not only one possibility there are so many so it's just like trying to tap into you know i realize i've got no clue not a not so much like what's going on in the world i like to you know hear some about you know politics and whatnot um but I've got no idea. I mean, I don't know. I saw I was at Kroger the other day. Um, as I was walking into the store, I saw someone looked not much older than me with, you know, AirPods in driving uh, a BMW concept car. Well, I don't know if it's a concept car now. I don't know if it's <laughs> if it's relevant. Exactly. And so, um, you know, it's like, where where are the people at now living in fancy apartments in downtown um with you know airpods and you know phones with three cameras is like that's that's the cultural bar you ever been to a party with those people no i hope not boring shallow antagonistic uh, i don't know i don't know but uh I get, I, my perspective on it is that that's very much a game uh, and that those people, um, the correlation between what you have and uh, uh, how interesting of a person you are is is, is very limited. You know, I don't... it's a privileged perspective to be unmotivated, um, because there's I'm not fighting for the roof over my head at this point. I have the luxury of being lazy and taking the time to make decisions um two degree yeah there's no draft you know there's you don't have to grow up really ever (laughs) no no but you know i i want to and and certainly clarify the other part i have no desire to be associated with the people that drive the concept cars that are like you know unless it's jay leno come on <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was such a car guy. Yeah, but um, sorry, that's sick. Um, no, it's it's just being wanting to be like privy to cultural norms, like your trends. Like, it's not it's not crazy f- to have a friend that owns like a three D printer. That's kind yeah. of yeah. mind blowing yeah. to me. Where it's like. Yeah. Whoa, the future is here. It's like, no, it's actually been here for quite some time. Yes. And so it's like, you know, or having friends that have like, I don't know, especially with like technological developments, like here I am still developing film. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, we really are in such a crazy place um, yeah. in this world. And so it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's not so much about like you know the the personalities of the people that have these things as it is being tapped in and up to date so I can engage with what's yeah. going on right now. Not to say I have no desire to own AirPods. That's not what it's about, but the technology is there for these developments that aid in you know it I'm to a degree I feel anachronistic no no absolutely like this is exactly what i was about to say because i'm in the same boat in our previous podcast we talked a little bit about uh like technology and just being out of the loop and 
being skeptical of it. But there's the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing about this is, I remember being on the metro, uh, watching all of these people in nice clothes walk by me with what I now know to be AirPods not knowing there was a word for that and then when I ordered myself a new iPhone I was disappointed not to see that the those AirPods in the box because I just assumed that was the next generation headphones oh. that everyone had because white headphones to me that just means they come with an Apple product and we live in a weird time where as you say people like us uh, or I don't know like a, a, a huge swaths of people are just kind of falling off and I, I the way I would put it once a month at least I, I find myself in a position not knowing a technology exists until I see it in real life so I'll you know I, I saw a guy with a jet pack five years ago uh, and I rem- that was the first time where I really thought to myself like I didn't know you could do that and there you are you have a jet pack and you're using it in front of my own two eyes wow. that's that stuff happens all the time now like that BMW, I think I know what you're talking about. It's the I something. It's this big low to the ground. It's got two doors. I remember walking down the street and I saw that car for the first time and I was appalled at, that I didn't, I didn't know it had come out yet because I'd been reading con- the, you know, mm. books as a kid about you know future BMW designs. Then I find out the guy who owns it is, is, is a friend of mine. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I know him through mutual friends. Wow. And it's just all of these bizarre examples of seeing the world change and there's no common cultural basis anymore it's weird that the information is so uh ubiquitous but the distribution of it is is spotty at best and i think a lot you talk about scrolling i think our heads are largely just clogged by bullshit wouldn't you want to know that uh that airpods are a thing you know (laughs) yeah yeah um (laughs) it's important shit it is, it is, it, and it's also interesting trying to find, source the sort of like the conception of an identity through consu- consu- consuming, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm trying to yeah. base who I am off yeah. of whether or not I own these things. Well, and, well actually, you know, it's, it's not just that, it's wanting to be just in the loop aware of what's going on to i can critique it from there but to at least have the knowledge so i'm i'm not you know the uh is that the the luddite (laughs) Um, i I, I, I use that term too loosely but yeah i don't know i i it's cool um you know as you were saying that it reminds me i still have such a clear memory of my um stepdad at the time telling me that apple was going to announce a tablet that it was going to be what looked like a very an oversized um ipod touch mm-hmm. and that later came to be the um ipad mm-hmm. so i re- like being like it was interesting being there mm-hmm. At at where the information was disseminated, which yeah. was to this you know this guy who's telling me that Apple is going to release a product that is, you know, at the time unnamed, but it's going to be a tablet. Yeah. It's just it's yeah it's funny, word of the, yeah you know. the, the I I hell I I remember um, I remember watching Steve Jobs uh, announce the iPhone. At, yeah. you know in the, the the keynote speech that he did and um yeah i mean it's we we we've witnessed all this stuff but one of the things that i wonder i don't like keep you for too long but one of the things that i wonder is that is something different going on are we just are we actually just falling off are we are our millennials or whatever generation we are mid 20 somethings in our in our mid 20s because because I just find that I'm 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 I, I've lost interest. So you yeah. you give me a new technological product, even though I'm deeply interested in um, lots of things technological and the potential for that uh, for for innovation through technology, is particularly software. It blows my mind um, how much uh, interest I've just lost in, in in innovations and in directions we're going. People tell me about something new, and I'm like. 
I just, uh, not only do I not know, but I don't care. And I think that you and I might be in a weird position where we are such outsiders. I find myself talking to these people that you're describing. They're living in the, the flats and they have these jobs. I find them so boring and they're, they're shallow. And is it that millennials are just, is it that millennials are losing interest in materialism or is it something much worse than that? Uh, I, I don't know. I just want to take a second and thank you for doing the work of, uh, of seeing, of, of experiencing what these people are like. So that someone like me doesn't have to do that while retaining the information that they still, in fact, suck. Well, you, you, uh, share, yeah. Oh, oh no. You've shared that. with me. The problem is, though, um, you, you've shared with me that you've just uh, re-downloaded Tinder. So I think you're likely to deal. I come into contact with this mostly through dating because that's one of the things I think... Uh, uh, Emotional intimacy is one of the things that I can't cross off the list. So I think that with dating, you find yourself compromising many things and you're, you're sitting across the table from somebody who's got an Apple watch and who's got on one wrist a Fitbit on the other ear, AirPods and texting, uh, while right in front of you and, and, you know, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to just wait, just wait (laughs) next week. You'll have a date with one of these people. Hopefully so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they can. Maybe here's a strategy that I think that we should really take seriously. Yeah. Having these people finance our lives, uh, you know, getting into a relationship where one of these people. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah, and you know what? Um, a couple of notes on the tender date. It hasn't come up yet, but I if if it comes up. I really like the idea of taking a date to that restaurant near the um, the Peachtree Dunwoody Airport. Oh, watching the planes hell take yeah. off. Hell yeah! That to me sounds like a really cool yeah, date. Yeah, but you're gonna get there and you're gonna see this like this pixelated figure approach you, and you're like, oh shit, she's only half physical now, and she doesn't get to enjoy the view, you know, she only gets, so we have to text now at the table, I'm going no. crazy, but yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, it's that Black Mirror stuff, you know? Romance is still real, though, you're right, I, I like that you're on those, those cool date ideas. It is, yeah, I mean, book is like, no, there, there's one girl, the closest thing to a prospective date right now, um, in her bio spelt out what her ideal date would be and so all i had to say is i mean it's not confirmed or anything but it's just like that sounds like a lot of fun like can and you know there's a lot of back and forth and i was just like can we do this can this like can we do your idea of a date where do i sign up yeah and i was like i promise i'm not being lazy it's just your ideas are much cooler at this point my my idea of a date would be are more boring mm-hmm. would you like to go get you know blankets with me because my bed needs new blankets and i have to run some errands but it'd be cool if you joined me kind of no, and i think that's, that's sweet really... but um but it's not fun and exciting true yeah true you, mm-hmm. you need to, it, it is true that you know that the whole danger thing that if there's some if there's some real um adrenaline that you experience on the first date then you're more likely to to do the second date, which to me, un- kind of disappointed because to me I was thinking, well, Target sounds like a big adrenaline rush for me because I get nervous when I walk into a space like that. Okay. But are you saying that for girls this is kind of par for the course now? Looking for blankets and bedding is not actually a good, exciting date. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm bombing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm bombing. yeah. I would certainly love it if the, if anyone thought that was an exciting night out. I mean, it, there's a lot of fun to be had. I think it's really sweet. And it's all, it kind of is an, an intimate act in and of itself to like buy things to take care, maintain your household, your property, um, the things you own. Like even if it's getting groceries, I think that's actually like a really sweet time to have mm-hmm. together, especially if you're having dialogue around it of like, Oh man, what, what's a potential product that could actually you know improve your life or like 
buying one brand versus the other and having like a discussion like i think that's actually really sweet um it's just not a uh real catchy i mean sir i yeah i've got no idea these folks want adventure you know these folks want adventure and that's the thing um i'm looking at that and i'm like well you know i kind of i kind of want to get to know somebody and it seems like you're not really interested in getting to know me but you're looking to get an experience out of me i've been through you know just short of a relationship and then i realize this person hasn't heard a word i've said uh you know it's 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 that there is the danger of when you see someone who already has that date spelled out it's like it's very possible that hey me you maybe maybe you're not even going to be on that date to her that yeah. she already she she just wanted that experience with someone who looks uh you know roughly the shape of her fantasy yeah. and then can and it, this is not just her but yeah you know it's 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 people in the uh, online dating sphere i think i've got rose-colored glasses right now first time on tinder in like two years it's been a long um sure and just trying to put trying to put myself out there in a very earnest sort of way i keep saying earnest or associated no no i was thinking do it earnest sort of way it's like yeah so so i'm earnestly on tinder and i'm like well that's your problem if you're not (laughs) satisfied with your dating life (laughs) uh, yeah no i mean i don't uh, but in, in in i guess on on that note um i i wish you the best of luck in your in your dating endeavors i know you'll do well this this is you got some good dating ideas i'll certainly try yeah this conversation went in an interesting direction but i appreciate uh, the time yeah. you spent there yeah man I, uh we're tired it's been good we're tired i i am tired but after a long day of work <laughs> yeah all, um, right, all right philip any any last words Mr. Glass. Oh, oh, Mr. Man, so uh, a lot of people have been referring to me. So a lot of people think my last name is Bass, which to you, the viewer, (laughs) it is. Um, Yeah, so that's part of my social media account is um, Mm -hmm. Sebass. Oh. And um, so uh, I was mentioned in a um, a photography workshop that I'm going to be a... um, a wow. participant in cool and so the the group was announcing it and they said like welcoming bass who has you know participated in other workshops they know i have email correspondence with them and so then i was um talking with a school um yeah schoolmate they were just like oh yeah so is your last name bass like it, apparently it's become it's become a thing I don't stop them because I think it's hilarious. It's, and, and you, but you're just to, aliases get developed against your will. So I guess, like, f- finally, um, the last thing I'll, I'll I'll do, and I'll put this in the front. But you know, how would you describe who you are right now? Who I am right now? I'm just a guy trying to get by. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. no I mean, I, I'm. I'm in a very fortunate position that I have the opportunity to work through some larger identity questions. I've got the option to actually go down a multitude of paths and it's just a matter of figuring out what I want to do most. And it's such a rare opportunity that I can kind of go balls to the walls and say, oh, fuck it. I want to, you know, work in production i want to do you know I, I i really have the support to do whatever i want and so now it's just trying to um hold up my end of the bargain i don't know if i can tell you who i am but my experience has been that it takes a village you know it, it really has taken there have been so many people involved in my upbringing um parents teachers friends uh various mentor figures um just this multitude of people i've had nothing but support Mm -hmm. um people encouraging me to do the wildest of things 
which I mean, and, and going to art school is one of them to say, hey, I'm going to study this thing that I love. Photography. Yeah. yeah. At a collegiate level for the sake of doing it mm-hmm. is such a odd sort of thing. Um, and to be supported by it is really cool. And so I'm just, uh, I'm at a precipice of figuring out the next steps, uh, you know. Cheers. I really appreciate you sharing all this stuff and hanging out. Thank you. It's been a real treat. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to people. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing to the program wherever you get your podcasts. And we would deeply appreciate your feedback in the form of a review on one of these platforms, as we intend on refining and growing the program based on insights from listeners like you. Finally, for more information or to donate to this listener-supported project, please visit our website at peoplepod.org. After all, it's people like you who keep us going. I hope you'll join us for the next episode of People. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.